Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you all. Uh, For those who are new, uh, I'm Mark Beneventi, and welcome to the 26th anniversary for Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. So from my wife and I, and for Jen and Elmore, thank you for honoring us as leaders. I was telling my daughter, I said, uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. She said, wow, you guys get a whole month? (laughs) (laughs) But on a more serious note, it was pretty daunting to be up there kneeling and just saying, God, whatever it is that you want, we're yielding and saying yes to you. And I think that's a challenge, not only for me as a leader, for Elmore and I and our wives as leaders, but for every one of us to connect with God and what it is that he wants to do. That's, that's a great challenge and a great way to start our celebration for our 26th anniversary. Today, we want to honor our founding pastors, Taylor and Elizabeth Stewart, 26 years ago. They came from South Carolina. They were here for 12 years. Pastor Taylor and Elizabeth had a very high standard of excellence. And they left a deposit in our hearts to honor God. And for that, we are very thankful. So although they're not here, uh, let's give the stewards a round of applause. Let me just go ahead and give you a synopsis of what Pastor Taylor is saying. Um, He is just so proud of the spirit of our church and who we are and just lavishes his love. He mentions that uh, he brags on you everywhere he goes. Um, He's at Kings Park Church in South Carolina and uh, just wishes our best and extends his love And uh, so glad that uh, we are celebrating our 26th anniversary. So we're very thankful for Pastor Taylor and Elizabeth. Well, I also want to honor everyone who has been serving in our church over the last 26 years. And so if you serve in some capacity, we want to honor you. And I want to ask if you would stand and remain standing. So if you serve in some way, whether it's in your life group, Sundays, other days, intercessors, hosting, life group, whatever, um, would you go ahead and please stand? Okay. Yeah, let's give a round of applause for these. And if you would remain standing, we'd like to take a moment to pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one of your servants. Lord, they may not think of themselves as leaders, but in your kingdom, serving is leading. And so we thank you for their leadership. Father, we thank you and pray that they would experience your presence. Father, as leaders, we pray that we will pass every test that we will experience your presence, your strength, your wisdom to run the race marked out for them. We ask you to protect their hearts, grow their faith and their hope in you and their love for you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs)
As we celebrate God's faithfulness, let's take a moment to go down memory lane for all the things that the Lord has done over the last 26 years. And so we have a little chart here with a milestone. 1992 was when Pastor Taylor and Elizabeth came to Guam. I won't read all of these. There are many of them. Uh, 95 was when we had our first permanent home in Mighty. And then in 98, uh, Pastor Taylor and Roland Gray began making weekly trips to Saipan. And then in 99, Daniel and Zandra became pastors at Life in the Sun Saipan. And Roland Gray in 99 became full-time campus minister at the University of Guam. Um, Over here, 2002, Pastor Roy and Buffy became pastors at our location in Mighty. And then in 2006, Pastor Eric and Sharon became pastors at the church in Saipan. And then in 2014, my wife and I had the privilege of being able to serve in the role that we have today. The following year, I wasn't planning on making any big changes in the first year, but the following year, we moved here and new home at Life in the Sun to Mooning. And we began having uh, groups meeting in Ponape. And last year, Pastor Elmore and Jen became pastors here at Life in the Sun. So many milestones, many things that God has done over the years. 26 years ago, who would have imagined all that God would do, the lives that he would touch, the hearts that would be changed. 26 years ago, the church was just a small group of college students meeting at the University of Guam. 26 years ago, the church uh, had its first meeting in a pavilion by a baseball field. And who would have imagined all that God has done since then? At that time, people in the church didn't know what the, how the future would unfold. But it was exciting because new people were encountering God and discovering God's goodness. Our story is the journey of faith that that is experienced over and over and over again throughout history. One example is the story of Abraham. He started on a journey, and like the church in the early days, he really didn't know where he was going. All he knew is that he had encountered God, and God was taking him somewhere, and it was exciting. The same is true of us. Sometimes it's not easy, but Abraham, like us, knew that we're a part of something bigger. There are many similarities and much insight to be gained from the story of Abraham. And I'd like us to read that story and read it together, starting in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. I'll read it for us. Now the Lord said to Abram, and I want to pause there for a moment, right in the very beginning. The Lord said to Abram, Um, I like the way scripture is confident. It doesn't try to get into the mind of the reader asking if they really believe in God or not. Do they believe that God speaks or not? It just simply reports that now the Lord spoke to Abraham. We don't know if it was in a dream. We don't know if it was an audible voice. We don't know if it was through an angel, like as in the form of a messenger. But the important thing isn't how God spoke. The important thing is the fact that God spoke. And God said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred, that is your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, 
And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Before we read over that too fast, I want us just to take a moment to absorb the meaning of what the Lord is saying. This is really a promise of God's favor. God goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in all the families of the earth you shall be blessed. And so he goes on to really solidify his favor upon Abraham and his descendants, and then he even adds to it that God will protect him where he goes. And so Abraham went, and as the Lord had told him, and and Lot went with him, and he was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then in verse 5, it says, Abraham also took his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. There are amazing promises revealed in this short passage. Abraham was promised land. Um, He was promised offspring. Not only would he have offspring, but that they would become a great nation. You know, sometimes we've heard this in previous teachings, but maybe it's, it'll be fresh to reword it another way. Your family, God, it's as if God is saying, your family will actually become a country. A country. And among countries, it will be excellent. It will be an outstanding country. That's really what the Lord said to Abraham. Your family will become a nation, and among nations, it will be great. You know, the amazing part is that at the time God made this statement, Abraham had no children and he had no land. Uh, Just as amazing is Abraham's trust and belief in that promise. In the New Testament, Paul said, Abraham believed the God who is able to raise people from the dead and create something out of nothing. That was Abraham's faith. I also want us to notice the scope of God's purpose for Abraham. Notice the size of the land. We have a map here that I showed a previous week. The yellow on the right shows where he came from as a child, and then they lived in Haran for a time with his father, and then he left his father's household, traveled down to Canaan, and the land that God promised him goes all the way from the northern tip of Egypt all the way up into Syria toward Haran to the Euphrates River. That promise, that prophecy, that fulfillment has not yet taken place. And so keep your eye on world history. Uh, God's purpose is global, and there are global events that are happening. But in 1948, Israel became a nation again. And um, in the end, in Revelation, it says there'll be a tremendous war. Nations from the north and from the east will come against Israel. My guess is when they inhabit greater territory, that might incite the lands around them to come against Israel. But the point is this. At the time that Israel went down to this area, Canaan, there were only 70 people in his party. 
that land that we're looking at is a million times bigger than anything they need or could even occupy. And the point is this, that God's purpose is larger than Abraham. God's purpose is for a larger people group. And the same is true for life in the sun. I want to put up our vision statement. We are here to honor God and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. That vision is bigger than what we can accomplish in our lifetime. It's a a multi-generational vision, and we have to work together to accomplish it. Life in the Sun started as a group of students meeting by a baseball field. But God's purpose is for a larger group to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. I'd like us to... um, The same was true for Abraham. Abraham received a vision that was for a larger people group. At the time, he didn't have kids, but he would have Isaac. Isaac would have Jacob. Jacob would have 12 sons. Those 12 sons would eventually become the nation of Israel. And eventually, the nation of Israel would occupy the land that God had promised. And the same is true for our church. You will invest in someone's life. You will help them in their relationship with God. They, in turn, will mentor, become a mentor for somebody else. I'll just give you a little example. Um, I got to know, I see Lawrence there. I got to know Lawrence years ago. And I invited him to come to our life group. And the life group grew, and eventually it multiplied. And Lawrence had a life group of his own. And his life group grew. And one of the leaders that was in his group was Josh. And then they multiplied. And then Josh um, and his friends and his circle of influence began to come to his life group. Um, If you're in Lawrence's or Josh's life group, would you mind standing? Or if you're a friend of theirs, um, just go ahead and stand for a moment. It's just a handful of people. But I I want you to see that from one person came, over here as well, came maybe 15 people. You can go ahead and have a seat. I I want you to know that there are many life groups like that all throughout um, our church here and in Saipan. And this is something that's happening all over the world. This is happening globally. God touches one person's heart. They tell somebody else about it, who tells somebody else about it. And the ripple effect just continues to grow. This is just a small example of what's happening on a global scale. Uh, The Every Nation family of churches is now in 80 countries. Two weeks ago, we had the Asia Leadership Conference in Manila. And joining with me were Pastor Elmore and Jen. Also, Van and Naomi were there, along with Chris and Cindy. But there were 450 leaders from 50 nations in the Asia region. We gathered together as an every nation family of churches to grow in our leadership skills, to, um, to align ourselves with our mission, and also to, uh, to reestablish and grow our relationships. But I just want to say that the build, it was called Build 2018 in Manila. And Build was a tremendous conference. Um, If you were able to see the video, uh, there are speakers there from China, from India, 
from Malaysia, from, from all over the Asia region. And the reason I wanted to show you the video was to give you a glimpse that God's vision for the church is global. It's, it's bigger than what you see happening here on our little island. You know, when Terry and I first came back from a training we did in Washington State and began doing ministry here on Guam, we just had this idea of doing ministry here on Guam. And the Lord said to Terry, no, I want you to think bigger. And we had no idea the doors that God would open. But in recent years, the Lord has allowed us to go to places like Indonesia, Malaysia, Japan, the Philippines, Hong Kong, Singapore, repeatedly in order to help build up our leaders and teaching them ministry skills that they can use to bring wholeness and healing in, in the churches in the Asia region, in the Asia region, in our every nation family of churches. The point of all of that is to say that God's vision is much bigger than what we would imagine. Let's go ahead and play the video. <laughs> we may be diverse, we may be from different peoples, but this is what Paul says, there is one body, there is one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Come on, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. This movement will keep going on and on and on because it will be all focused on Him. Amen. You say and you love God has given us more vision than He's given us the possibility of doing in our lifetime. It's a multi-generational vision that we have to do together. You know, the powerful God that we were preaching to people is a personal God every moment that you need. He's always there for us in time of need. And Lord, I pray that we would not rely on our own understanding, but day by day, we would rely on the Holy Spirit. And as much as we have grown, we can never outgrow our dependence on God. Prayer, beyond just the thing I do, is actually a attitude of a heart. The heart that leans towards the sun and says, I need the life of God today. Don't let the work that started with, in Christ, continue with through me. God has given us the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows that we cannot do it on our own. That's why we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. You have to trust the power from on high to do things you cannot comprehend. It all begins with really a conviction to share the gospel with the lost people and armed with power, love and sound mind, every one of us can write a new chapter of reaching lost people. Holy Spirit knows where the harvest is and as we allow Him to direct us, He's going to lead us as we proclaim the gospel. His Spirit will be poured out and we will see a great harvest reap in our Jerusalems, 
in our Caesareas and in our Troases. Encouragement comes when we gather. Can you feel the profound nature of coming together and how transformative this moment is? The Holy Spirit's role in consuming passion has been to exalt Christ to the ends of the earth. As you can see, people from Malaysia, New Zealand, Australia, um, Hong Kong, Manila, uh, from 50 different countries in the Asia area. And my point of showing that video is to help us see that God's purpose is global. God's purpose is much bigger than you and I. God's purpose, because of that vision... I'm looking at our time. I'm going to have to go quickly here at the end. Um, a couple things, a couple observations to make from the life of Abraham, what God had called him to, what God is calling us to. God's vision, God's purpose is supernatural. Uh, only God can work it out. Only God can provide for it. The stage for God's purpose is the world and nations and peoples. Secondly, the purpose of God is unveiled progressively. Like Life in the sun, 26 years ago, we didn't know how the future would unfold. For the next 20 years, we still don't know. But we know that God's vision is bigger than us. God wants to reach many people. I just want to encourage us to open our hearts and let God grow our faith to embrace the thing that he has for us. We see the purpose of God in Abraham's life was fulfilled. Uh, he eventually arrived in the land that God had promised. He became the father of many nations, even despite his weaknesses, despite his failings, and he had many. The main idea is this, that faith involves purpose. God's purpose is over and above our failures or our limitations, our shortcomings, our mistakes. God's purpose is above all of that. God's purpose was fulfilled through Abraham despite his failures, and the same is true for us. In our 26th anniversary, what can we take away from the story of Abraham? I pray that we will be awakened to the purpose of God in our lives. I pray that we will be aligned to the purpose of God here at Life in the Sun, here on Guam, in the kingdom of God. And I pray that we will seek and find and run in the assignments that God has for each of us. Each of you are unique. You have certain experiences, certain ways of thinking, certain ways of being that God has hardwired into your being. And he's created you for a purpose to be a part of what he's doing in the world around us. And I pray that we'll be awakened to all of that and align ourselves with him and seek him and find the assignments that he has for us. Can you imagine all of us being aligned in our assignments with him as the head directing the body, what God could do here on the island of Guam and in Micronesia and even beyond. It's exciting. You know, I think Abraham just had a little taste of God's goodness. And that enabled him to be able to leave his dad, leave the familiar, and be able to go on a journey where he didn't know where he was going. 
But he knew that it was exciting because he had touched on something that was bigger than himself. He had touched on the goodness of God. As we consider aligning ourselves with the purpose of God and finding our assignment, I want us to be realistic. There are struggles. There can be hindrances to be able to enter into our destiny. And we don't have time to talk about all of them, but I just want to talk about two big ones as we kind of turn a corner and come to a close. One of them is the idea that Abraham was a wealthy man. Uh, he didn't, but he didn't let materialism become his priority. There's nothing wrong with money. Money can be a tremendous tool to honor God. The issue is not money. The issue is the love of money. When money becomes more important than God, then it becomes an idol. Abraham was successful. He was prosperous. Um, he was settled. But life isn't just about our success. Do you know that successful people also need purpose? I've heard it so many times. People who have reached the top of their ladder and realize, you know what? Something is missing. And then they encounter God and realize, oh, here, now all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together as my life becomes synchronized with God's purpose. Abraham was successful, but God was always number one. And we see God working out his purpose through Abraham's life. You know, the world will try to lure us to thinking that success is what's going to make us happy. Success is what's going to fulfill us. But remember that the real goal is God's purpose. In the story of Abraham and in the story of life in the sun, we see a glimpse of how exciting and how massive and how amazing is the purpose of God. We exist to honor God and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. There is another hindrance, I said I'd mentioned too, there's another hindrance that can get in the way of being able to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. One person was interviewing some of the leaders of every nation, and uh, the church in Manila is huge, 100,000 people. They have 300 pastors. They have like 300 services every weekend. It's just, it's massive. And somebody said, well, what is... What do you attribute your success to? And they said, is it all these leaders that you've been able to train? And the president said, no, it's not the leaders. It's the, it's the fact that we developed a discipleship culture. There was a value and a priority to have one hand up where somebody's helping you to grow. And so that requires some humility, some teachability to say, hey, I need help. But at the same time, there's another hand holding somebody else, bringing them up and bringing them along. And this chain of relationships becomes a culture where we are one body with one faith moving toward the purpose of God. And he said, because of that culture, we have grown the way we have. But the world has another culture. I'll just give you one example. It's the social media culture. It is changing the way we relate to each other. Um, I belong to, I don't know how many, 30, 40 chat groups. <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the times when we get the most traffic on the chat group is when it's somebody's birthday. 
Everybody jumps in, happy birthday, and you've got all these graphics and images and gifts, little, and, um, and there's just, and people are always passing along inspirational verses and links to great videos uh, that are inspirational that I, I think are great. I love watching those when I have the time. But I'm afraid that we are shifting in the way we do discipleship. There's nothing wrong with sending somebody happy birthday greetings. But let's not let that substitute and become our culture. Let's not let that substitute for actually getting together to have a real birthday party with a barbecue. You know what I'm saying? Okay? Uh, Guam, we love to barbecue. We love to get together. But this, this phone, mine's sitting down there on the chair, but that phone is changing the way we relate to each other. And... So it's great to send inspirational verses, but be sure that we're being intentional and purposeful about getting together in our small groups, we call those life groups, to to worship, to pray, to press in and seek the Lord and do Bible study together, to seek God's word and learn what does it say about these challenges that I'm facing with raising my kids or my finances or my health. There are answers in the word of God. And we can help each other as we sharpen each other, as we get together and look into the Word of God to find what it is that He has to say about how to do life. And so I want to encourage us to develop a true discipleship culture and not a social media culture. Amen? Let's not be conformed to the digital world. Let's live from the new heart that you have in Christ as we seek to honor God and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. And so, in summary, I want to say, remember this. The purpose of God is supernatural. It's bigger than what we can accomplish ourselves, even within our generation. The purpose of God is unveiled progressively. We will find it. We will experience it as we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus. And lastly, the purpose of God flows through us. Sometimes we overemphasize the sovereignty of God and we think, okay, well, God's going to do what God's going to do, you know, whether I participate or not. But the truth is, he has invited us to a partnership and he invites us to join him and be a part of what it is that he's doing. And so he has designed it in such a way that the purpose of God flows through us. And so by faith, we need to be awakened to his purpose, align ourselves with it, and find his assignment for each one of us. Agreed? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have invited us into your kingdom where you are the king and you've given us a relationship with you through your spirit. And Lord, this has been life-changing as you reveal yourself. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for revealing yourself and your ways. And Lord, today on this 26th anniversary, we're saying, yes, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And yes, we want more. We want all of what you want. And I sense the Lord would encourage you to let your faith rise up and have hope, and even allow yourself to be able to dream with God. 
allow his dreams to enter in and find a place at home in your heart and take root and grow. And don't be afraid to trust for the new, for the unknown. We don't have all the answers at the moment, but be reminded that God is good. God is good. And there, there are better days ahead. Better days ahead. And so, Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We thank you, God, for the goodness that we can experience under your rule and your reign. We thank you for the privilege of being in your kingdom. And so, Lord, would you work your way behind the hindrances and over the walls of our lives and give us that peaceful assurance that it's all going to be okay because you are love, because you love us and you have the ability to complete what you began. Lord, let us enter into the peace and the rest that comes by trusting you to fulfill, to accomplish what you began. So God, we enter in by faith to your purpose. And if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to address maybe another smaller group here this morning. You're hearing me talk about a relationship with God. And perhaps recently, God's been getting your attention. It seems as if he has been kind of knocking on the door of your life. And today you're here not just to go to church, but you're really seeking in your heart to experience God. And that's why you're here today. And if that describes you and you've never made a conscious choice to say, yes, God, I want to experience you. If you've never made a formal decision to say, yes, God, I want you to be in my life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If that describes you, what we'll do is we'll pray together in a moment. I'll pray out loud. I invite you to hitchhike on my words. Very good. Then let's pray. God, I've been sensing that you've been getting my attention recently. And so I'm here now. You know what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And I'm choosing to open up to you. I want to experience you. And so, would you, by your Spirit, come into my life and reveal yourself to me? I invite your Spirit to come into mine. And I ask that you would forgive me for things I've done wrong. You know what they are. And I thank you for Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. And I accept and I receive your forgiveness for me and I receive your spirit of forgiveness for me right here and now and if you're praying this prayer just take a moment to be still and know that he's God and that he's love and that his forgiveness is for you and receive it to cover everything that ever happened or will happen his forgiveness is for you Go ahead and receive it now. He's been waiting for this moment to be one with you and to give you a brand new start.
Father, I thank you for coming into my life. I ask that you would show yourself to me and teach me how to live your way. I ask that you would continue to reveal the way life should be. I ask that you would reveal yourself. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.